We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the Missouri Tigers from KCSN, which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou, that's who, with insider Gabe DeArmond, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics. Hello and welcome into this uh, special edition of Mizzou Athletics. We had to call, uh, we had to convene, we had to start a conference, we had to get into a chat, we had to start this podcast. Because the Missouri Basketball Tigers, for the first time in 4,745 <laughs> days, won an NCAA tournament game in Sacramento. Gabe DeArman, Maggie Johnson joining me as always. Gabe, you got boots on the ground. How are the vibes in Sacramento? Uh, good. I wanted known I made my bed for this podcast in the background here of the, uh, <laughs> I was going to say lovely Sacramento holiday, and that's probably overstating it a little bit. Um there, there was a rumor going around, by the way, that uh, Tom Cruise is staying in this Holiday Inn in Sacramento. <laughs> we find it incredibly unlikely. We believe that was started by a homeless man who came into the lobby and was speaking to the front desk lady. Um, so we have not yet seen Tom Cruise. I cannot confirm that he is here, but um, we are here and fortunately still here today and uh, didn't have to rebook a flight and figure out how to get back home today. There you go. Uh, still in Sacramento for yet another game. We're going to talk about uh, Missouri's game they played, obviously, against Utah State in their upcoming matchup against who we all expected to be Princeton. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about that as well. But, Maggie, you're in St. Louis. I'm in Kansas City. We've got the state covered. How are things over on the other side of the state? I mean, things are great. Uh, I don't know if my phone's blown up. And my phone blows up during most games, like just from random people around the country just being like, what is Mizzou doing? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I can't believe they came back. Um, but I mean, during that game, during the Arizona game, I mean, I think I got Arizona, Arizona, Arizona in about, um, uh, 72 text messages. So everybody's pretty excited here. Um, I'm assuming they're just as excited in Kansas city. So, and I know I'm stoked, so I'm ready. I'm ready for tomorrow. Absolutely. Going to be a, a great matchup against Princeton. That's going to be on TNT. Uh, so if you do get that channel, you can uh, catch it there at 5.10 p.m. Central Time. 
before we hopped on the podcast, we were also talking about time zones and how the Pacific time zone is the absolute worst time zone ever invented by human beings. Gabe, your thoughts? It is. I've been here three days and I can't get used to it. Like I woke up Wednesday morning and I texted my wife. I said, I don't know what time it is and I don't know what day it is. Um, you know, like I normally in central time will go to bed about 10 o'clock and, and all that out here. I go into bed at like 10 o'clock, but it seems like the middle of the night, you know? And then by the time I wake up, I'm like, I can't process that it's already, you know, 8.30 or 9 o'clock back home. This, I... I don't know. I think I'm getting dumber as I get older because I used to understand time zones, but I didn't spend time in, in different ones. So maybe that was the deal. Well, I think it's kind of wild that they make players play games before 11 a.m. local time. Like their game was at 1040 yesterday. And I just think that that's that's just kind of wild. I mean, not that 1040 is, you know, people are probably still sleeping or anything like that. But I still think that's a little bit early to be starting games. Yeah, I think, um, I, I wonder if the effect wasn't as big because, like, to Missouri players, that was still kind of like 1240, right? I mean, they probably hadn't completely, I mean, if I'm any judge, they don't even know what time it is. They were just told when to show up, and they did. Um, but, like, Nick Honor brought up a good point. He was asked about that on, on Wednesday, and he said, look, we, we all played AAU ball. Like, we'd have games at 8 o'clock, you know, so we've yeah. done this before. It's a little bit different, um, but I, when you when you really thought about it, I mean, like UCLA Boise, or I'm sorry, UCLA uh, Asheville was the last game last night, and it ended at you know eight thirty or eight forty five local time. So to get all four games in, you almost kind of have to start at that time because that's almost midnight on the East Coast. Like like to be able to televise that game and have anybody watch it, it has to be over by then. That's what I like about this full AFC championship game is that that football game, the NFC championship game, which was the first game, started at noon. And like that's all that's a hard adjustment there to get in get into like a primetime football game at noon. And then the Chiefs game started at three thirty, which was the late game. Um but anyway, you didn't come here to hear us talk about time zones. You came here to hear us <laughs> talk about uh, the Missouri Tigers first tournament win in thirteen years. Um, beating Utah State 76 to 65, 11-point uh, win, obviously covering because they were two-point dogs. Um, I got the Missouri money line. It wasn't a huge one. I had a good day yesterday, by the way, sports gambling. I'm sure people care about that. Uh, but I had a good day, about uh, up about 80 units, fun fact. Uh, about uh, So, good. just like Cole Brown, good day to this tournament. Uh, second half scoring really uh, propelled the Tigers there. I mean, we called it on our show last night, the Kobe Brown legacy hit. I, I thought that yesterday was where Kobe went from you're a good player, we like you, we're going to remember you to you've now done something that Missouri fans are, are not ever going to forget. And uh, yeah. as, as I said on the radio this morning, I don't often get things right. But when I do, I like to brag about them. So I, I, I was texting with some friends yesterday morning and they said, what do you think? I picked Missouri 77-65. And I said, because I don't think they have anybody that can guard Kobe, and I don't think they have anybody that can guard Noah Carter, uh, who had a huge first half. And so with 10.45 left in that game, Missouri was down two, and I tweeted, uh, Missouri has to run everything through Kobe Brown, right? In the next three-ish minutes of game time, he had 12 points, a rebound, and a steal. Uh, and it just completely took the game over. After, you know, the... 
the the dunk, the the baseline spin move and the reverse dunk, like that's the first play I've seen where I thought, I think Kobe Brown's an NBA player. Like I've never really thought he was. That was an NBA move. And then he hit a couple threes, and after the second one, he turned it turned to the bench and screamed at Dennis Gates, I'm here, coach, you know? And and so at that point, there was no offense. Like, Missouri wasn't running an offense. It was, yeah. where's Kobe? Get him the ball. If it's two feet from the basket, great. If he has to come out to get it 38 feet from the basket, great. We're just giving him the ball and getting the F out of his way. The wild thing about the game is that Kobe's not even the leading scorer. <laughs> like... Des Moines quietly had 23 points. He was and, awesome. I mean, he was amazing. I mean, the way he shot, it was great. But going back to the point about Kobe, it the way he played, to your point, looks like an NBA player. These, like, step-back threes and everything just looks so effortless. And I don't know if that was the defense also that maybe we were playing against because their defense wasn't great. But he just looked, he looked spectacular. And having three other players score in double figures only helps them. Well, and, and part of the reason that defense wasn't great, I mean, I we had the press conference with Utah State was the first thing we did here Wednesday morning. They had four players there. As they walked out of the room, I, I looked at, at the guy next to me. I said, tell me which one of those guys can guard Kobe Brown. Like, I mean, they are, they were all built they're all built like Aiden Shaw, right? They're they were tall, but they're super skinny. And it, yeah. Aiden Shaw, I think, probably is stronger than like they just weren't built like guys that I thought could could deal with Kobe Brown on the block. And I asked Taylor Funk, who I figured was going to be the guy that was kind of asked to mostly do it. He's six nine, uh, but he's mostly a jump shooter. Uh, about Kobe, and the comparison he made was a kid named Matt Bradley from San Diego State. So I looked up Matt Bradley. He's six four two twenty, and I said that's not that's not like maybe they have similar games. I'm not going to pretend to have watched Matt Bradley play, but that's four inches and thirty pounds. Like, and that's not the same thing. And I watched Kobe for the last three weeks bully SEC players. You know, he would mm-hmm. just get he he's been getting the ball and just backing them down on the block. And both him and Carter did that multiple times yesterday. Like, they're getting the ball outside the paint, twelve feet from the basket. And they're just pounding the ball into the floor and slowly backing down, backing down, backing down until they can make a shot. And it, I mean, I think between Des Moines Hodge and uh, Kobe Brown, they scored 20 straight points from Mizzou in the second half, uh, those two guys. So uh, love to see that. And we know that this team can really beat anybody and be a real challenge for anybody uh, on when they're on and they're obviously on. And I think this is interesting. I saw this note on uh, the, the press release from Mizzou here. Uh, the 11-point win is Mizzou's largest margin of victory in the tournament since beating Memphis by 11 in 2009 in the Sweet 16. And the Tigers are 23-0 and this year. Oh, to be fair, it's also their second win since then. <laughs> That's know. true. That's true. This is a small sample size. <laughs> beating Memphis by 11, though, does sound good in 2009 because you'd still think that they were pretty decent. Uh, but again, 23-0 and on the season when eclipsing 70 points. Uh, this Missouri basketball team can pour it and they can shoot it and they can score the score the basketball. Uh, it's going to be important, obviously, against uh, Princeton coming up next round, but love to see Des Moines Hodge, Kobe Brown, Noah Carter, too, all get involved and really have uh, some big games when they really needed the big games the most. I think also something we have to talk about is I think our 
perimeter defense looked a lot better. And granted, yeah. they they missed some shots. They went four for 24 from three, and they're one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country. So that helps out a little bit. But they weren't getting as many clear looks as a lot of our SEC competition has been getting in the past month. And you could tell, like, you just get a different perspective watching a game from courtside. Media seating here is, mm. I mean, we're on the floor, and that's not something we get at Mizzou. It, postseason basketball is the only time you get it, and I don't know yeah. if you guys know. I haven't covered a lot of postseason basketball. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you could tell in the second half there were a couple shots that Utah State players would normally take and thought about taking, and then they were like, well, we're 0 for 13. I'm not going to take you know, and I, I think they did miss some open shots, but we've talked a lot. Like three point defense is a little bit low because sometimes the ball goes yep. in and sometimes it doesn't. But Missouri had a clear plan. They're not going to beat us from the three point line, right? Utah State was 24 for 35 inside the three point line. They made 70% of their two point shots yesterday, which is insane. But it was almost like Missouri went into that game and said, we don't think you can beat us if you just score two points every position. Right? So we'll just yeah. give you the two. Um, and, and they made some, like, they had some crafty guys down uh, around the, they made some nice moves. I think, like, 62 of their 65 points came on, like, scoop shots up and under, you know, guys in the wild in the shots. Wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They made some really impressive shots in close, but it was very clear. Missouri said, you're not beating us with the three-point shot. Because I thought that was really Utah State's only way to win. I thought they had to shoot 40% from three. And I thought Missouri yeah. could win without shooting 40% from three. So I think they deserve a lot of credit. And Maggie was talking about Des Moines. I thought that was his best defensive game. Like, he was disruptive and he was active. But he wasn't out of control like we've seen him a lot of times this year, right? He was... He, they were all playing clearly within the structure and the system. And Noah Noah Carter got no steals officially, but he deflected two or three passes. Um, yeah, Kobe Brown did the same thing. You know, as as Mike Anderson would say, they got their hands on a lot of balls. <laughs> I will say, I'm glad that Dennis um, talked to the team and they realized that three points are more than two. And I'm glad yeah. we stopped. I'm glad we stopped them there. But like you said about Demoy Hodge. I feel like he played less from behind the player. Like he'd yeah. get, you know, he'd get beat a lot. And so he got a lot of his steals from basically, you know, tapping the ball out, running from behind him. And like you said, I think he played his defense from in front of the player a lot better. Uh, and yeah, all around great game for Des Moines. Mizzou forced eight turnovers. Obviously, the big point of uh, Missouri's just kind of whole game is forcing turnovers. That turnover differential uh, for the Tigers, it proved to be. Important in this one as well. So let's kind of let's look ahead because I'm sure as as I mentioned at the top of the show, we all expected Princeton to be here and to be <laughs> Missouri's uh, shot to go to the Sweet 16. Uh, they'd have to go through Princeton, uh, but a, an incredible upset there uh, for the Princeton Tigers game. Uh, a question: Were you at? Did were you in the stadium in the arena for that game? Uh, I was there in the first half. I was in the media room, but uh, NCAA tournament rules are that you cannot broadcast live from inside the venue oh, on game day. So to do our show, we had to come back to our hotel room. So uh, we had the second half on TV while we were doing our, our live show last night. And the last, but Arizona didn't score in the last 443. And um, look, I'm not trying to crap on a local kid, 
But I think unofficially Courtney Ramey was 0 for 16 in that stretch. I mean, just every Arizona possession was like, not really, but every Arizona possession was like, Courtney Ramey just going to dribble around for a while and throw up a shot. Um, it was ugly, ugly offense. And uh, yeah, I no, I didn't see that coming. And you know what? When we were leaving the arena at halftime, I told Drew King, I said, I hope Arizona wins this game. Because I promise if Princeton wins this game, all you're going to hear out of Mizzou fans in the next two days is, well, it would be the most Mizzou thing ever if we lost yeah. the 15 seed to get that sweet 16. Look, with 10 minutes left in the tie game yesterday, I, I think I even posted it. I said, all of you people freaking out, it's like you've never watched this team play a game. <laughs> the, yeah. the rules that you apply in your the light at the end of the tunnel is the oncoming train because we're Mizzou and I just expect to be kicked in the nuts. Nothing about that has applied to anything this basketball team has done this year. They've won every close game. Every time they've been in a dogfight with five minutes left, they've almost always found a way to win it. Um, they've got a lot of good wins and absolutely zero bad losses. Like, I mean... Could Princeton win? Yes, Princeton could beat them because Princeton just beat Arizona. And I think once you get to the second round of the tournament, seeds don't tend to matter much. And like right. we saw a 15 seed in the final four last year, the Elite Eight, I guess, right? In St. Peter. Mm -hmm. So can it happen? Sure, it can happen. But 11, 15 seeds have now won. The previous 10, only two of them have gotten to the third round. It was uh, St. Peter's and it was uh, Dunk City back when they upset Georgetown, that Florida Gulf Coast team. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember when Norfolk beat Missouri, they got run out of the gym by Florida the next round. You know, there's a reason Princeton is a 15 seed. Princeton was not the best team in the Ivy League. This would be by far Missouri's worst loss of the season. Doesn't mean it can't happen. But, like, if Dennis Gates and this team have not convinced you to get over the idea that you are Charlie Brown and Mizzou Sports is Lucy yanking the football away from you, then... <laughs> That's on you, man. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I think it's really interesting, too. I posted a picture uh, before the game uh, yesterday morning. I was wearing the 2012 uh, Big 12 champion shirt, um, and a lot of people responded, why are you wearing a shirt from 2012? You know what happened in 2012? And I'm like, yeah, I do. It, that doesn't matter. They won 30 games? Yeah. Right. Like, that was a good basketball team. Yeah, the season didn't end like you wanted it to. Still a really good basketball team that won the Big 12 tournament. Um, yeah. It, I, I do think that that is interesting, Gabe. That's a good point you bring up. Is that like I know that I, I find myself in that too of like, oh great, knowing Mizzou that they're going to lose to Princeton and they're going to lose to another 15 seed. And I've already seen Beaker fans on Twitter tweeting at me saying, "Oh, this is going to be great. Either Princeton makes it to the to the Sweet 16 or Mizzou loses to another 15 seed." Like I find myself slipping into that. But you're a hundred percent right. And Dennis Gates and this team have like done the opposite of what we expect. Like it's it's incredible. Also, if they do lose. So what? Like I, I mean, literally, what yesterday minute is nobody gets to complain about anything about this season. Yeah, because had they had they, I, I mean, I don't think complaints would have been super warranted at twenty four and ten and back in the tournament. But I understand you want to win a game, right? You want to break that. Through. They've done that. There is everything else from here is simply gravy and twenty five thousand dollar bonuses for Dennis Gates. <laughs> Here, here's my here's my advice to people on Twitter also that are always freaking out about uh, that that mid game tie with the team that we probably shouldn't be tied with. Find your find yourself a group chat. Find yourself somebody that you can text on the side. Yes, and say all your irrational um, things that you're gonna do to yourself, whatever in that in that chat, and right. leave it off the timeline so you don't look stupid. And people <laughs> people don't the only difference. The only difference between people on Twitter or people on my message board and the rest of us is they have chosen to air their crazy sport fan feelings publicly. Right. I mean, yes. if my text messages with friends during Chiefs games were published, <laughs> like people would think, well, you're all idiots. You have Patrick Mahomes. Why are you worried? Well, because right. this is what you do, right? But there's just, that's why you do it privately because then nobody can prove you're an idiot. Exactly. And I think oh, that's also, it's great. When Nick Honor made that three yesterday, I think it put Missouri up about 12. It's about, I don't know, about two, two and a half minutes left. And, mm-hmm. and I tweeted Nick Honor for three, Missouri by 11, 12, whatever, gate. And I I didn't get it, but I expected so many replies of, how can you do this? This is not over. It was clearly <laughs> over, but I fully expected people to kill me, and they didn't do it. <laughs> uh, 
they they certainly try. You can't you can't uh, put the car before the horse uh, for these Missouri fans. They'll make sure. They'll make sure that you wait until the very last second before. Well, you to be that. fair, like Virginia blew a four point lead with fifteen seconds left yesterday, right? So it's not it's impossible in this tournament for things like that to happen. By the way, that was wild. Yeah, like he, he just <laughs> threw the ball up in the air. I, like, I heard. What this- are you doing? I heard this morning, here are Virginia's last five seasons in which there was an NCAA tournament. Uh, lost to a 16, won national title, lost to a 13, missed the tournament, lost to a 13. Arizona's, That's Ari- nuts, man. Arizona's can't be much better than that, except they haven't won a title. Arizona, <laughs> which makes it so much worse. Arizona's <laughs> yeah. the only team to lose to a 15C twice in the tournament. I didn't know that stat. They lost. They were... I am pretty sure they were the first two seed ever to lose because they lost to Steve Nash in Santa Clara way back oh. whenever Steve Nash was in college. Wow. I don't, I, I always, it seems like now I anticipate a 15 seed to win. Um, I just never know, you know, which 15 seed it's going to be. It seems like it, I, I, Gabe, as you mentioned, you know, there are 15 seeds for a reason, but I think the gap has kind of closed right? a little bit. In terms of thought and talents, it's just kind of everywhere now. Um, so it's incredibly interesting, and, and you're right. Um, I, I'm curious to how this Missouri team will match up. I think it could be another big game for Kobe Brown. Obviously, we've seen the Missouri Tigers go with the ways of Kobe Brown. If Kobe Brown is going to have a big day, it's going to be a big day for the Missouri Tigers. Um, but I think that that's going to be obviously a big thing is who's going to guard Kobe for uh, Princeton, and how can Kobe exploit kind of some of those matchups? And I'm sure that Dennis Gates will scheme some mismatches too to get uh, Kobe on guys with pick and rolls and stuff like that. So, um, interested to see that. Princeton plays a lot of zone, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that um, on Saturday. Again, I don't remember what day it is, so I'm just making things up here. But um, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Princeton play a good amount of zone, which means, all right, Demoy Hodge, Nick Honor, Kobe, like, are, are the jump shots falling? Right, and if they're falling, like if Missouri's hitting from three, that's not going to be a game. Uh, yeah. If they're not, then then it could get interesting. I felt yesterday a little bit in the first half of that game too, kind of going backwards a little bit. But I feel like uh, our legs looked a little tired. All of our shots were real short on the front of the rim. I don't know if anybody else realized that. Um, I don't know if that's just a week of I practice think, or. I think it takes ten minutes for most teams to kind of deal with the gravity of oh shit this is the, this is it like this is the NCAA tournament this is where we've always wanted to play I think most teams tend to come out tight that's fair yeah. but also in, in terms of Princeton I kind of like was trying to look and see what Princeton did to beat Arizona not really a lot they rebounded they beat them on the rebound they beat them on the glass which is actually very impressive it was only yeah. by one rebound <laughs> but yeah. they still did it um, and they held them to only four made three-pointers. I think they went, I don't know what they went. I, I think that game was way more about Arizona being bad than it was about Princeton being good. Yes, sir. I mean, I, be, 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 that's. I, I'm not trying to completely dismiss Princeton. They deserve credit for winning mm-hmm. that game. But again, Arizona scored six points in the last 11 minutes of that game. At, you sh- with the athletic advantage they had, they should have just been able to drive and make four layups at some point. Yeah. And right. Prince, Princeton shot four for 25 from three of the other. Yes. Yeah. And only went to the line five times. 
I, I saw what I noticed a lot um, with these lower seeds, like these 15s, these 16s against the ones and the twos. A lot of them didn't play zone defenses. I the one I do remember, uh, whoever Houston played, I can't remember Northern Kentucky. I think they came out in the zone, and and you would have thought that Houston had never seen a zone defense before in their life. Uh, the way that they kind of reacted to it. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see if they do come out in zone. Princeton does come out in zone against Missouri, um, and if they do, got to be hidden. Got to be hidden from three to make them come out of that uh, zone. And the the way you beat a zone is to put your power forward at the top of the key at the free throw line and have him be a good passer, right? Kobe Brown's a really good passer. He made a, one really bad one yesterday, but overall he's a good passer. Noah Carter's a pretty good passer. So I think I think Missouri will work a lot on that over the next 24 hours. Um, the, the one concern I would have about Princeton is this. In this tournament, the way you get beat is to do exactly what Arizona and Virginia did yesterday, which is to not put that other team away in the first 35 minutes, right? To let them still think they have a chance. And then some weird stuff happens at the end. Well, what has Missouri done more than anything this year? They haven't blown a lot of teams out. They have mostly let teams hang around. Now, SEMO, Penn, teams like that, there was never any feeling that they were going to lose that game, but they also weren't up 23 points. You know, so... In this tournament, more than in the regular season, if you let that team hang around and be down seven with three minutes left, like they really believe, hey, something funny is going to happen and we're going to put the glass slipper on, right? So mm -hmm. I do think it, it, it I, I think it would benefit. Here's the analysis you go for. I think it would benefit Missouri to be up a whole lot of points in the first half. Great <laughs> point. Be way better than not being up a whole lot of points <laughs> in the first half. Yes. Well, it's always more fun for us to watch comfortable games as opposed oh. to lose years off of our lives. So I am also would love for us to be up a lot of points, but I've also seen us up a lot of I, points against Arkansas and a couple of other teams. And I can, I mean, we're going over. We got press conferences this afternoon. If you guys want me to let Dennis know that, just like, hey. Yeah. So we talked about it. We think the best move is for you guys to, like, lead by a whole bunch in the first half. What Do you think, do you Dennis think that's thoughts. the way to do it or no? Right. Yeah. You talk about that. Yeah. Do that. Talk I would say talk about that and tell them the thing about how threes are worth more than twos. Mm. Then I th I think we'll be golden. Groundbreaking basketball analysis podcast. That's why you tune in here to uh, Missouri. That's who to uh, to get all this analysis. But I was looking at. I was curious as you were talking, Gabe, because um, you were talking about how uh, you know Penn is another Ivy League team that they kind of let hang around. Um, but with Princeton, I was like, I wonder what that line is. I wonder what that line is going to be. It's six and a half in favor of the Missouri Tigers uh, over under set at one forty nine and a half, which I might take the over on that. Um, yeah, I think I'll I mean, seventy five. That's also pretty high considering Princeton's game yesterday had one hundred and fourteen points total. That's fair, but Missouri's got to score at least seventy to feel <laughs> to win a basketball game. Apparently, um, <laughs> so that's that's going to factor into my decision making. Uh, I was looking. I was going to look at the first half or the team total. But uh, I'll find that. But six and a half points, your thoughts on kind of that line? I mean, that's that's a pretty sizable line, right? I, I mean, yeah. you know, the 116s are, like I know Kansas was favored by 21 yesterday, I think. Um, but once you get into the, you're talking there's only 32 teams left. The six and a half point line is fairly significant. Like yesterday, neither team had led by more than six points in that game until less than three minutes 
You know, so Missouri never trailed by more than two, but also never led by more than six until they went on that on that big push at the under four timeout. So, and also weird things happened. Like Missouri had a fifteen point lead and then basically just didn't play the last seventy nine seconds. Right? It yeah. ended up only winning by eleven. So six and a half could very well mean, hey, you were up twelve and Princeton hit two threes when you didn't care in the last forty seconds, which is what happened in a lot of the the Penn game, the Seymour uh-huh. game. Some of those games, Missouri's like, oh, cool, we're up 19. Let's just shut it down here with 90 seconds left. And all of a sudden, the other team went on like an 11-2 run and made it close, but it wasn't close. Right. I think that's even what happened in the Kentucky game. The Kentucky, I think we ended up winning by like 14, but had been up over 20. I mean, yeah. take your garbage points, I guess. It, it was, was a very bad team in garbage time this year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and also, a lot of times when they were in garbage time, they're on the receiving end of garbage time. Uh, so they never again. Yes. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. A couple fun facts I have for you guys. And if you're going to go uh, place your bets here, if you're in the legal betting state of Kansas, California, not a legal gambling state. Um, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, wherever you are in a legal gambling state. Missouri has won 13 of its last 14 games against non-con opponents. And Missouri has also won the first half in 10 of its last 12 games against non-con opponents. Um, so some interesting tidbit of nuggets there for you if you are uh, looking to dabble with this uh, Missouri Tigers. Uh, taking on the Princeton Tigers in the round of 32, the South region. Uh, before we get out of here, Gabe, I want to kind of get your final thoughts on uh, the Sacramento, the city itself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the tournament experience out there and, and kind of the, the Missouri Tigers moving forward. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've forgotten how much fun it is to cover the NCAA tournament. The last one I covered was five years ago because that the, the 2021 tournament was the COVID one in Indianapolis mm-hmm. or 2020, whatever it was. Um, and I, Mitchell 40 went there for us. I, I didn't go to that because like interviews were on zoom and stuff and it was kind of stupid to even be there. Yeah. Um, but it, it has been because like you get to sit, Literally courtside. So the the give and go from Hodge to Noah Carter that I understand you guys apparently never saw uh, that that the TV missed, but it was a sideline out of bounds play, and like I, I'm eight to ten feet from Demoy Hodge, and so I get to hear him. He's going Noah, Noah before the inbounds pass, and so I asked both those guys after the game, like, 
you know, what happened there. And they're like, it's a play that we have in and we've tried to run all year and it's never really been open. So Demoy saw me and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tell you what we're doing without telling you what you're, what we're doing. And they executed it perfectly. It was a dunk for Hodge that, that it was, I thought kind of the key play of the game. So you get stuff like that. You get to go in the locker room and talk to these guys afterwards. I mean, got to talk to Trey Gomillion, talk to uh, Caleb Brown after the game. And, and I said, uh, I said, I know you've seen Kobe like hot and take over games, but have you ever seen it quite like that? And I don't believe it. This story is true, but I'm going to choose to believe it. He said in a sub regional game in high school, his team, he thought scored 48 points and Kobe had 45 of them. Uh, now, I don't believe that's true, but I'm going to continue to just kind of pretend it was true. So you just get a different view of it, right? You get to see these guys in the locker room and, and how excited they are and, and hanging out with each other. They couldn't wait for us to leave the locker room so they could start blasting music and 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 having fun. You know, saw Kyle Smith Peters on the way out and he was, he was asking somebody to make sure his suit got back to the hotel. And he's like, honestly, I sweated through that thing so much. Nobody wants it anyway. We maybe should just throw it away, you know? So uh, it just, it, it's a different experience than you get during mm-hmm. regulars. And it, there's just something about, hey, that like every possession, you know, like literally we, there was a moment in that game where you thought, hey, you could be watching Kobe for the last time. And then he decided, um, no, this ain't going to be the last time. I'm just going to go ahead and make sure I get at least one more. I feel like you also got to see Gates a little bit more fiery. I loved him in his post game. He was like, you guys said we weren't going to be here. You all said we were yeah. going to lose. And I love how Hodge and Kobe are just kind of like, oh, he just said that. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't I, I wasn't at, uh, Drew King was at the press conference for us yesterday while I was down in the locker room. We, we switched up from the day before. But so I generally hate that statement from a team, right? Like we laughed about Travis Kelsey saying it about Georgia football, saying it. mm-hmm. it's incredibly stupid. But I do kind of feel like Gates has earned the right to say now, if he was just talking about yesterday, I actually disagree. Like, plenty of it. I I picked him. Uh, Jay Wright picked him. You know, Barack Obama picked him. I, I know a decent number of people picked him. But if he's talking about the season, no, he's right. There wasn't one of us that would have said 25 wins and, and playing for, favored to make this week 60. Not one person would have said that. And I honestly don't even think Dennis would have said that if you would have asked him and he was being truthful with you. But... He gets the right to kind of say, double birds, guys, we're here, and you thought we sucked. Well, Vegas didn't pick us yesterday anyway, mind you. Which takes me back to, were we an underdog? Are you an underdog? Yeah. If your seat, yeah, if you're an underdog if Vegas picks you as an underdog, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was, that was like a conversation I had yesterday with some people is, are you an underdog based on your seat? Or are you underdog based on the spread? <laughs> so how, though, like, this team has used that all year. And and they should have. There's zero chance they can use it today. Like Dennis no. Gates cannot sit up there and tell us nobody expects us to win this. No, literally everybody expects. You. So how do they like how they react to that is actually kind of a big thing, right? I mean, they probably will find something, right? They would they will find some Princeton student who has posted on Instagram that Missouri sucks and use that to convince themselves that nobody believes they're going to win. But it's. They're in a situation they really haven't been in. It's a good situation to be in. You know, I'll take it. I'll take the situation being favored to go to the Sweet 16 uh, for the first time since uh, 2009, right? Is that what it would have been? Would have been 09, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. team went to the Elite Eight. 
That'd be pretty sweet if Missouri could do that again. I'll, I'll say that. And that's another groundbreaking analysis. Be cool if your favorite uh, university basketball team goes to the Elite Eight. Oh, if you want to know, I have a fun fact, too, that I saw on tic- I saw it on TikTok, that no team in top 10 in efficiency and outside of the top 100 in defensive efficiency, so sorry, top 10 offensive efficiency, outside of the top 100 in defensive efficiency has ever made the Sweet 16. Is that right? Yep. I, I will share that TikTok with you guys later. But yeah, no team... That inside the top 10 offensive efficiency and outside of the top 100 and defensive efficiency. Unless they're making it up, I'm just trusting. Which is certainly possible. It's, it's, it's kind of like the Caleb Brown thing. Let's just believe it, man. Somebody yeah. said it. Let's yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fun to believe it than to not believe it, right? Um, yeah. I mean, well, Missouri has a shot to go to the Sweet 16, uh, Maggie, as you mentioned. Saturday, 5, 10 p.m. Central Time. At the uh, Golden One Center in old Sacramento, California, Kings are rolling. By the way, the Kings are. There's a buzz around Sacramento for that for yeah. that Sacramento Kings team. We were out to dinner on, uh, I guess it was Thursday night when they beat the or Wednesday night, and they beat the Bulls in a close game, and like mm-hmm. the entire restaurant went nuts, and we we're like, oh, I guess I guess the Kings just. Like, I legitimately, before Drew told me a couple days ago, I could not have named one Sacramento King. I think Ben McLemore was the last Sacramento King I knew. So, you know. They, they're they're good. They're good again, which is Apparently. strange. But, like, I, sh- I shouldn't say again. They're good for the first time, I think, ever in the history of the franchise, um, which is, is a very bizarre thing to see them be betting favorites on a lot of these sites uh, for, for some things. But... Um, all right, let's wrap up here, Gabe. I don't want to take up much of your time. Obviously, you got to get, get to Dennis. You got a hot day with Dennis that so you got to get to. Uh, we don't want to hold you up uh, here with that. Yeah, we, st- we still got, we don't have stuff till till afternoon, uh, which That's is still a long way away here. But yeah, uh, plenty more coming from here. And I assume we will get back together on Monday. I am mm-hmm. just going to go ahead and say, I think a couple of days before I take off for Louisville, Kentucky. But we'll wait and see. There you go. I'm with you. Maggie, I assume that you think the Missouri Tigers are going to the Sweet 16? Yeah, I'm taking Mizzou. I, we took Mizzou last week. I think all three of us picked Mizzou last week. Um, I yeah. I have no reason not to pick them this week. Right. They've, they played great the other day. Um, they're playing a team that they can easily, they should be able to easily beat. It's March Madness. Yeah. You never know. But there's no reason for me not to pick Mizzou in this game. Got hot at the right time. That's really what all the tournament stuff is, getting hot at the right time, getting that four seed, I think, was a big momentum uh, builder for them in that SEC tournament to now then get into uh, this tournament. So super excited for Saturday, 5, 10 p.m. Central Time. They're going to be playing Princeton in the second round with a shot to go to the uh, Sweet 16. Close Pandora's box, possibly. You could do one of those closed Pandora's box moments by beating another 15 seed. We'll see. Uh, but we will be back on Monday, as Gabe mentioned, uh, recapping this game, talking about, hopefully, another Missouri Tigers basketball game. So until then, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus, KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.